This is Kyle Cord, and you're listening to Austin, Felix, and Matt on the W Debate. Welcome to the W Debate. All right, boys, are we ready to debate? Austin, you tweeted something, girl. You tweeted your running back tonight. Explain yourself. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand, fast. You jumped up and... That's Austin Nate. Who is going to be that guy? And for me, B. John Robinson is still going to be that guy. Back to the ground with Robinson, who spins and then tries to bounce it. A skip arm, another one as he rides it, keeps his balance. They're going to say he stepped out, but I'm... I'm Felix Sharp. I know you didn't think that we would get through this episode without mentioning the name one Zach F. Wilson. For screener draw. Oh, Wilson is going to uncork for the end zone. And he drops it in beautifully. And it is his roommate, Dax Milne, on the touchdown. That's Matt Brody. G. Scott Jr. Obviously, I whacked poetic about him on the last episode, so I won't do that again here. And this time it's Fields on the carry. Watch out! Justin Fields! Hello to Lombard's 51 yards! Brunin, are you ready to go head-to-head with me? I am. Gotta get my popcorn out here. Hold on. Gotta continue. I just got Kyle McCord is going to end up winning the job. He's going to be rated higher. I'm... Well, I'm not nearly as passionate about what I'm about to talk about. <laughs> Our apologies to Kirk Street and Adam Time will get rescheduled soon. And for Matt Bruning and Austin Nate, I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. It's 9.30 Eastern, the time zone with the most red-blooded Americans. That means it's time for the Debbie Debate, brought to you by CampusTN.com. That's Matt, that's Matt Bruning. That's Chris Moxley filling in for Austin Nace, who's sailing off the coast of France. And I'm Felix Sharp on a late version of tonight's show. How many NFL draft picks are there in the Mountain West? Does New Mexico have a player that you should be tracking? And what exactly is Carson Strong's ceiling? But we start with LSU. Uh, news breaking that Miles Brennan is going to be out with an injury. That means Max Johnson is going to be the starter for LSU for the time being. Chris Moxley, this had been a quarterback battle that we have been tracking, and it's now decided. Yeah, I I feel for Miles Brennan. I really thought he was going to win the job. So, you know, that, that sinks for him. I'm interested in Max Johnson a little bit. I think their weapons there are good. You know, you got Boutte, you got Coy Moore, you got three impact freshmen that might come in. You know, I, I think it's good enough to sustain production. I, I'm not sure how good Max Johnson really is as a quarterback. You know, there were questions about his play last year. You know, he, he left some to be desired. I will say his adjusted complete adjusted um, average yards per attempt, which takes into account, you know, how where you were in the field and, and how deep your passes and a whole bunch of different factors. He was actually fairly productive for a freshman, so his 7.96 was something we really looked for. So I, I think there's potential there. But, you know, I, it stinks for Brennan. I, I like the offense. So, you know, I, I think there's a positive outlook. Well, let's project Max Johnson. 
He is probably going to be a three-year starter. He's probably going to have Kayshawn Boutte for another two years, let's say. So we've got true freshman starter. He's going to develop with one of the best receivers in college football. He's going to, he's going to have an opportunity to really become, you know, uh, uh, develop his skill set in an offense that suits his, his, his passing ability. Um, Matt Bruning, where did you rank uh, Max Johnson after the news? Uh, so after the news broke, he moved up. I had projected Miles Brennan to win the job. I just I felt with what he put, did last year before the injury, and even in the spring game, I know Max Johnson started with the ones, but I still thought that Miles Brennan looked good. He got moved up to what was it, 27, I believe, 25 overall for me, and then he is number quarterback seven for me in that 2022 class. So, I mean, if he goes out there and has a good year, which is possible, LSU has, I mean, especially Boutte on the outside. They've got some weapons. I think Deion Smith is going to be really good this year as well, freshman wide receiver. They've got some weapons. If he can go out there and perform, LSU has a bounce-back season. Maybe he jumps up a little higher. I know there's some people in the community are much higher on him than I am, but, but I don't see him jumping up into, like, those top – three or even four or five guys for me. I, I like Daniels. I still have ahead of him. Rattler, Hal, Strong. I don't see him jumping up in that group for me. He's clearly in like tier three because some of those guys are in tier two. Here are going to be the factors to look out for to, to determine, you know, how high Max Johnson's ceiling is. But one, one, he's not a dual threat quarterback. So um, when these guys are pure pocket passers, I want to see them be aggressive downfield. I want that yards per attempt average to be 10 or north of 10 and have a low turnover ratio. That's what I need to see. That's what I need to see from them. That's what we saw from, um, oh, Alabama, Max uh, uh, Jones, Mac Jones last year. That's what we see from, from Carson Strong. Um, in his red shirt sophomore year. And so that's what we'll be looking for for Max Johnson. He's got these wide receivers. I mean, if Chris Hilton and Deion Smith are, are as good as people think they are, he's going to have weapons there. But let me ask you this. Let me ask you about one of those weapons in Kayshawn Boutte, Chris Moxley. What percentage chance would you put on Kayshawn Boutte opting out after this season? Oh, man. I don't think it will be super high. Let's say, let's say like twenty percent, because there's kind of a standard that's been set, especially at LSU. You just saw Jamar Chase do it, and it was a weird year. Um, maybe twenty percent is a little aggressive, but I wouldn't be surprised if you see more guys trying to go out and secure the bag. Right? Boutte is obviously a exceptional talent. I think if he has another great season this year and he takes the next step. There's a lot of incentive for him not to play and just train like Jamar Chase and really get himself in really good shape. Well, I mean, if the spring game was any indication, he's going to go off again, Matt. I mean, I think that there is a real chance he's going to be the best receiver in his class. There's no, There would be no reason for him to play his junior season. I think that there's a very good chance that 2021-2022 is the last we see of Kayshawn Boutte. 
I think it's going to depend on how good LSU may be in 2023. I, I don't think we're going to see guys opt out them. I mean, we saw it this year, but that was because of COVID. I'm hoping, obviously, that somewhat goes away. We're already seeing some issues with that, and not even on the NFL side, but college side as well. I think that's going to continue moving forward, but hopefully you're talking about now two years down the road that that'll change. I don't think he opts out. I mean, I'm, I was trying to look at my – wide receiver ranks really quick. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. I mean, I love Jarrett, but Jarrett has not produced anything close to Boutte. Obviously, big fan of JSN, Parker, Washington. I don't think any of those guys uh, are anywhere close to to what Boutte's done. And I think if he continues with that, he's going to be probably a top 10 pick. And, and I, so I don't see why you'd opt out because I do think, even if you say he produces again this year like he did last year, but with a little bit more boom because he's going to be the main guy uh, out there starting more games. You sit out all of 2023, I still think that affects you a little bit because I think Jamar Chase and those guys were given a little bit of leeway in opting out because of COVID. If you just opt out and say, hey, I just don't want to get hurt. I'm just going to prepare for the draft. I do think some NFL teams will look at that sideways, right or wrong. I think some will. Yeah, I don't, I think the landscape is changing here, and I would actually – this is something I'm willing to put a bet on, is that Kayshawn Boutte does not play in 2023. Um, just – Again, looking at how how unstoppable he was, how often he was targeted in that spring game, it's going to be another go off season for Kayshawn Boutte. And I think I don't think that the NFL is going to care if he sits out um, in 2023. So why risk injury? All right, the bulk of today's show is we preview the Mountain West. Um, we got some interesting teams in the Mountain West, starting with Nevada. I think. One of our uh, the Campus to Canton team's favorite players is Carson Strong. We've been high on Strong since before it was fashionable uh, last year. But you look at the skill positions surrounding him with Elijah Cooks, who was injured and suspended last year. Romeo Dubs, who kind of took on took the mantle with Cooks out. Torrey Horton, Cole Turner. I mean, Turner, Dubs, and uh, Cooks, those are all probably NFL if they're not draft picks, they're going to be UDFAs that are on on rosters. Um, that might be one of the best group of skill position players in the in the country. And uh, they start off against Cal. I'm going to take Nevada in that in that game. I don't think Cal can score. And if if Carson Strong is what we think 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 he is, then he's going to play well that first week and and um, get the win against the Power 5 conference team, even though it's Cal. Colin and Austin have been really high on Clay Millen. We've seen hit the freshman quarterback. We've seen his ADP just creep, 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 creep up. I also want to highlight the running backs, Toa Tawa, and uh, I can't remember the other running running back's name, but there's a split backfield there. Toa Tawa is a 220-pound bowling ball who's very versatile. I wouldn't be surprised for him uh, about him landing on an NFL roster. Probably not C2C relevant because last year they did split the backfield, but he is a player that I'm paying attention to and just really looking forward to year three of Carson Strong as a starter and to see uh, how he develops. Mox, Boise State has to be right there at the top of this division as far as competing for um, uh, the division championship. I mean, they always are year in and year out. Will that be the same this year? Yeah, I actually like some of the changes they made. So they brought in Tim Plow from uh, UC Davis, actually. 
And Corey and Colin actually talked about him on uh, Campus Life this week, how they kind of think that he's going to do a lot for the offense passing-wise. You know, when he was at UC Davis in 2018, they had a third-ranked uh, third-passing third offense in yards per game nationally. And then in 2017, they broke a ton of records with uh, Keelan Doss as their wide receiver. So he comes from a heavy passing background. I think that's great because they have a really good system in place with Khalil Shakir, who had a 44% weighted dominator last year, which is truly amazing. That is one of the highest in the country, and it will probably be the same this season. Uh, you know, he's a stellar player, 700 yards in seven games. I actually think he's a chance to get drafted day two and possibly round two. I, I think the NFL is going to really like his dynamism. He has to clean up some areas of his game. That's fine, but I really like him. You know, George Halani is the other big player here. He missed the majority of last season. I think he got hurt the first game, but – Bringing 1,000 yards from 2019, you know, I think he'll return to form. The offensive line wasn't very good last year, but they do return all five starters. So, I, you know, I think he has an uphill battle in terms of what production looks like, but he's good enough to, you know, probably secure a very large percentage of that workload and, and be a productive back. The only question, I think, on offense is really who's going to start. So they got uh, Bachmeyer, who is the incumbent and, and was the starter last year, but – Jack Sears, I think, is getting a little hype in camp as well. And so I, I think that he's a chance to play into it. And so when he played last season, he only made one start, but he looked fairly good. Um, I, I think that everything was kind of go, it will kind of go through Khalil Shakir. And then maybe there's scraps for a guy like someone like C.T. Thomas. He's probably operating as a second option. And maybe he's a guy you target in very deep leagues because I think they could take a next step as a passing offense. But, you know. Khalil Shakir and George Lani are really your, your guys there. Is George Lani an NFL player? Is he an NFL draft pick? Probably day three. Yeah. I don't think I he, I don't think he's I don't, day two I don't, potential. I don't know that the athleticism is there. Um, Matt, I mean, we got to cover all of these teams. That means we have to talk about San Jose State. Yeah, I mean, I think they're going to be a very good college team this year, but outside of that, there's not much to talk about. Unfortunately, uh, I know most of you don't tune in for my analysis anyway, so you'll be happily surprised to see I don't have much to talk about on any of my teams. I didn't get any of the good ones. Uh, Felix and Moxley got all those. But uh, there's one player that I think is worth talking about for C2C leagues, uh, and that is junior wide receiver Isaiah Hamilton, 5'11", 180. Uh, should be the number one in this offense and should produce for your college side in the NC2C leagues. Uh, he's not being drafted as of right now, and I believe should produce as about a top 40 option at the position. He finished at 44 in points per game in 19 with 13.3. Uh, and it was a little bit higher than that in 18. Uh, I expect him to produce uh, right around this as well in the 2020-2021 draft. So if you have any of the deep leagues like we play in where you can start, you know, three wide receivers and four or five flex, he's a pretty good option to grab in your late rounds, 40, something like that. He's not even being drafted. Overall, though, I do think San Jose is one of the better teams in the Mountain West. Uh, they are the favorite to win the conference, and I do think they will. Do have some tough out-of-conference games. They have Western Michigan and USC. Uh, their over-under is set at eight, and I'm, I'm going to take the over on them. I think they're going to go nine and three. Figured I'd, I'd spice it up a little team analysis since I don't have much pl many players to talk about. As we speed through this conference, that brings us to – the Fresno State Bulldogs. And I actually think that this team is one of the more fun teams in the country to watch. Um, Jake Hayner is one of my favorite college football players to watch. He has good mobility uh, in the pocket and can get out and make 
it has a very decent arm, and it's an offense that puts up points with Ronnie Rivers and Jalen Cropper. The Cropper-Hainer stack is one that you really want to have in Campus DeKin. I, I wish that I've had it. And Ronnie Rivers, of course, has been just a dynamic player for Nat. Well, this will be his fifth his fifth season. Um, probably has the versatility, again, to be a day three draft pick, but he's definitely – uh, an RB1 caliber player in campus to Canton leagues. There's a freshman to pay attention to. It's And again, give credit to Austin and Colin on the Campus to Life pod. It's Jordan Hornbeek. Um, uh, Ronnie Rivers has been very productive. We, we, wanna, we want to you know, g- grab Hornbeek because he's going to take over that position in, in 2022. And so – just be on the lookout for Hornbeak, but there are a lot of good pieces with this Fresno State offense with Rivers, Hayner, uh, Cropper, and even even the uh, the returning senior Carrick Wheatfall. Um, Fresno State starting the season against UConn. They should put up a bunch of points on that UConn team that did not play last year. Moxley, uh, Hawaii has always been a team um, that puts up points late at night what's their outlook for this season i think you probably have two guys that you want to target and that's quarterback sean cadero who is good enough to support maybe a player or two on offense uh but he's definitely a starter for, for your team right he he's okay passing numbers his 231 yards per game are fine but he runs for a ton of production he gets scores a lot of touchdowns he's a guy that will be productive this year and, and next year as well. Uh, the real star of the offense is Calvin Turner, though. Everything really goes through him. He lines up as quarterback. He lines up as a running back. He lines up as a wide receiver. He's insanely productive on kick returns. He'll basically do anything they ask him to do. I actually think he's going to step into a bigger role this year as well. So uh, Miles Reed transferred out, and he was um, really the one who was getting a lot of touches. And so I can really see Turner stepping into a role that allows him to Except exceeded 60 touches he get, 60 rushing touches he got last year. So I, I really think McTurner's a guy to keep an eye eye out for. And um that that stack between Cordero and, and Turner is a good one. Uh, I also think a guy to keep an eye out is Day Day Hunter. So he's probably you're probably not getting much out of him this year, and he's not going drafted anywhere. But I do think he has a chance to excel in that Turner role. So he's fairly dynamic. He had a lot of catches last he had good production as a incoming freshman last year he catches a lot of passes he's a really good pass catcher in general and he's listed as a running back and he has nice size so uh, turner he's a guy to look out for after turner uh and then the last guy is probably jared smart he he might get some run in, in the offense as a wide receiver but you know based based on how often cordero's throwing and, and how limited the passing game is it's probably going to be the turner cordero show we expected to have Calvin tonight. Um, weren't able to connect with him, but we are going to try to t- track him down. He has a very interesting story coming out of Savannah, Georgia, and his first program, Jacksonville University, shutting down uh, their football program, and then him making the trek to Hawaii before having an outstanding season last year. Very interesting story for Calvin Turner. So we hope that we can track him down soon, uh, and so you all can hear that story. Matt, that brings us to San Diego State. 
Yes, much like San Jose State, not much to talk about here except for Greg Bell, senior running back. He should get the workload for San Diego State. With his workload and ability, he is projected to be a top 15 running back for C2C leagues this year. Don't believe he has any real NFL future. Another player who is going completely undrafted right now. So again, if, you're, if you want to focus in and win your college sides, uh, you know, Felix and Matt are I am Matt, so let's not go third person here. Felix, Austin, and myself have talked about that a lot, wanting to win uh, the college sides. Greg Bell is a great guy to target late in your drafts who, who has a lot of upside. Uh, San Diego State has above-average offensive line, uh, but a really good defense. They likely will run the ball a lot to try and keep games close. They're over under a set at 6.5. I think they're going to go over seven wins with this offense running through Greg Bell. That brings us to New Mexico. Uh, New Mexico brings in transfer Terry Wilson, who was at Oregon and uh, in in Kentucky. So he joins his third program. There is not much to say about New Mexico. Bobby Cole is their starting running back, and that's about all I can say for for him is that he is their starting quarterback. But not very much to see here. But Moxley, there is a player that I am excited about, a couple of players actually, maybe two that I'm excited about for Wyoming. Yeah, I, I think the, the one that everybody knows is Xavier Galladay, right? He He's a fantastic running back, highly productive. Will, once again, probably be a top 20 running back for you this this season. I think he's an outside shot to maybe be a day two pick. Um, you know, he's a, he's a guy that goes mid-rounds and, and will definitely be productive for your college team. So I really like him. But the other guy I, I think that there should be some interest in is, in is Sean Chambers. So he's got wheels. He's fast. He makes people miss. He's willing to go and get it. He can be a productive quarterback for you that goes late in drafts just based on his rushing floor. You can plug him in probably as a QB two some weeks. You know, I don't think I don't project Wyoming to be anything more than a rush heavy, rush heavy scheme. Last year, they had 45.8 rushing attempts per game. And I think what's interesting is their new offensive coordinator is um, Tim Polsek. And he was the Iowa offensive line coach and they also return all five starters so this could be one of the one of if not the best rushing attack in the country for you know 2022 2021 sean chamber is a potential thousand yard rusher so that's nothing that's nothing to sneeze at he is absolutely the type of dart throw that you want to make um late in your c2c drafts especially i mean it can be difficult to get productive quarterbacks when you have to score 35, 40 points to keep up with the Malik Willis's of the world. So uh, Sean Chambers is a good call there. Matt, that brings us to Air Force. Um, I can't imagine that there's too many players that we want to have on Air Force, but let me know. And you're and you're muted, so uh, so go ahead and unmute yourself and then, and then tell me about Air Force. Figured I should, uh, you know, that's because there's really nobody to talk about. So I was just kind of, you know, just trying can, to. Can we can we just do full here. disclosure here? We decided to go to the Mountain West because Calvin Turner said that he was going to come on with us. So we decided we're going to jump to the Mountain, cover the Mountain West Conference. We haven't been able to track uh, Cal Calvin down, 
but we expect to have them. So that's why you get the Mountain West preview today. Great fun football, including including air hey, including air Nevada. force burning. Nevada is really good. Yes, I did pull a Felix Luke. Uh, no, so I did. Uh, I did have to put Brad Roberts, senior running back, on here. Moxley, much like uh, Mr. McCord, who likes to hold a gun to my head. Moxley was holding a gun to my head to make sure I mentioned him in the show today. So uh, he is, you know, he's a senior running back who is going to be, I believe, fantasy relevant with Air Force. Uh, I think he's more of a bench player for your rosters. Uh, I had him looking at here. I thought probably projected to be like a top 70 running back. Moxley said he thinks he could be higher than that. So with that being said, again, if he can go even higher than that, he's another player who surprise, surprise is not being drafted. So he's a guy you can grab late in your drafts via that, that roster filler kind of running back. Uh, what I have here for air Forest is they did have to replace a lot of uh, people last year. They still have a strong defense. They won't be at the top uh, this year because they play Nevada and Boise State on the road, which I imagine both of those will be losses. They are projected at, I believe it was 6.5 is there. Let me pull that back up. 6.5 is their, their over-under on wins, and I'm, I'm going to take the under because I think they can maybe get to six wins there. Uh, but Brad Roberts, running back, uh, Moxley is big on him, so Moxley's smart. Listen to Moxley. Draft him in like the 45th round of your draft and get a viable starting running back. That brings us to UNLV and the Fighting Martells. Tate Martell uh, makes his trek oh, from Tate. Ohio State to Miami, back to his hometown of Nevada. That's the number two dual-threat quarterback in the class of 2017. We haven't seen much from him, but yeah, he'll make those late-night games very exciting. They've got Kyle Williams there, who was very productive um, uh, last year as a true freshman and is going to be uh, an, a very impressive player on Jarek's magic line there, but that is all there is to say about <laughs> about UNLV. Two more teams. We're almost there. Let's go, Mox. Utah State. Utah State's actually a low-key fun team to talk about. They didn't have much coming into the year, but their new head coach is Blake Anderson from Arkansas State, and that might really change the offense. Along with him, they brought in Luke Bonner, who was – half quarterback last year he split time he a very weird situation for luke bonner but they also bring in bring in brandon bowling from arkansas state i think that the quarterback room is is up you know it's up for debate andrew peasley is probably the guy um cooper legas also played i don't know if bonner is going to get a chance to play he's probably the most familiar with anderson's system but it sounds like peasley is the guy who's going to actually step in and be the starting quarterback at least week one. I think the one guy to actually keep an eye on here too is Devin Tompkins. So he had 24% weighted dominator last year, and he's by far Utah State's best best wide receiver. But he had a huge spring game with six for 120, 121 and two. And Anderson's wide receiver one always produces massive numbers. Uh, over the last three seasons, they've averaged 1,200 yards and over 12 touchdowns and he's what while Tompkins isn't really the prototypical Anderson wide receiver he's clearly the best on the offense and I kind of trust him to leverage him so he's a guy that I'm taking late in drafts and I'm he's a great dart throw to really outperform his ADP which is zero because he's not getting I really, I, I really wanted to interrupt you there and just say you know we're talking too much about Utah State but you were so like polished I just I didn't want I didn't want to do it um just to be funny all right Bruning close <laughs> clo close us out with Colorado State oh that's two Br Bruning 
I mean, come on now. I'm sorry. Let's I'm go. looking at my notes. I apologize. I was trying to look something up really quick because I forgot to write down where Dante Wright is being drafted. So uh, I actually do have three players that are worth talking about on Colorado State. So I finally get to talk for a little bit here uh, unmuted. Uh, so Dante Wright, I'm going to start off with him. Junior wide receiver. He's got an ADP right now of 139. We were talking a little bit about this before the show. Uh, I, I really like him. I know Felix is as well. He's actually one of the first players me and Felix talked about when I first got to know Felix because of how much he liked Warren Jackson. Uh, and we talked a little bit about Wright. Uh, a lot of speed, athleticism. He can do it all. Re receiver does stuff in the rushing game as well. Obviously, you got to be a little bit worried about him being. I think last time I saw him weighed in was five nine one eighty. Uh, so as we were talking about before the show, the three of us, he's going to have to run fairly uh, a fairly decent speed to to end up making it in the NFL. But I, looking at Jarek's magic line on the website, he crushed pretty much everything. Weighted dominator ratings, regular dominator rating, PPR points, EPA, everything. He crushed it in both years, even with the limited amount of games they played last year. So he is the one guy that I think for sure is likely going to have some kind of uh, NFL draft capital. Did come up with a 26.32 dominator rating last year in the shortened season. Then you've got Trey McBride, junior tight end. I'm not even going to lie to you guys. I don't know much about him. Uh, I was preparing for other things and, and had a little life crisis today. So, But he is projected to be a top 10 tight end this year for the college side. Uh, Moxley seemed pretty sure before show that he has some NFL upside, if I'm remembering that correctly. So he's a guy I would definitely go out and grab. He's going high in our drafts. As we're having a little snafu in one of ours right now, which I say is a bunch of bull. Uh, but he McBride's going high, so if, if you want a guy like him, take him. And then last but not least, David Bailey, the transfer from Boston College, was expected to be the guy last year, but just really couldn't get going. Uh, head coach Steve Adazio, I think is how you say his name, uh, who was with Bailey at Boston College in 2019 uh, and has been quite successful running the ball, will be the head coach, and that will be the system here at Colorado State for him. I think he will be the lead back. He stands to be a top 50 running back if he produces – Maybe he'll come back with some NFL draft value, but I don't really see it. I know some people think he will. I'm not as high on him. Uh, the bottom line for the Rams, they are probably the worst team right now in the Mountain West Conference, unfortunately. They struggled to even get a single win last year. Retaining players doesn't matter since last year's team only played four games. The Rams will try to run the ball heavily, as I just mentioned, which is their key to success. However, I don't think that they're going to beat many teams. Their over-under here is set at five. I would take the under uh david bailey is the type of player that i like uh i mean he's what six one, two hundred and thirty pounds he was actually productive with even with aj Dillon in the backfield at boston yeah. college i thought that he was a potential you know guy a potential rb1 in in um in fantasy leagues but it just didn't turn out that that way last year for boston college so let's see if he can regain his form at six colorado foot, state six foot two thirty six Six foot two thirty six. Yeah, so he's a big, big boy. Um, yeah. Questions for this division? I think we are we're all on the same same page here. Carson Strong, he's a first round draft pick. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Cole Turner, could he potentially be a day two tight end? He's he's on the smaller side, but you know he could be a move tight end in the league. I. I I don't know who the NFL is drafting. I think he could be a, a round three guy. I think round three, too. I, I don't. Ah, I think, no, I think day three. I think day three. 
He is a little on the light side at 240, but he's, what, 6'7", 6'6". He's on the taller side also, so he can afford to add another 20 pounds. I mean, former wide receiver. Um, Colorado State, what 40 time does Dante Wright have to run to get day two draft capital? He's been very productive, but we've seen with these smaller wide receivers, Tutu Atwell, Jalen Waddle, they have to run in the 4-4 range. If he runs 4-6, 4-5, 4 it's going to be tough. Is that the is where would you put the the benchmark that, or the threshold for him to cross to um, to get day two draft capital? Man, pro- he probably needs to run below four five. He needs to run probably a four four five. If if we're being honest, like that's really the lowest he can run. If he re- he's running any slower than that, I mean NFL NFL teams like you said have shown us that they're not interested in slow slow small guys. They just not who they draft. And I'll lean with Moxley on that. He he's much better with with projecting that out than I am because I just think he's fast, and that's all that matters to me. Well, I, I struck out with one Colorado State wide receiver uh, last season, but I I, I do like Dante. Right. You, Dante you may not have struck out yet, according to Matt Fox. He's looking good. You never know. He, he Warren Jackson looking good in Warren Jackson looking good in Broncos camp, and the Broncos have a history of. Um, UDFAs from their state producing for for their team. Sean Chambers, I said he was a potential thousand yard rusher. Um, am I right on that, Chris Moxley? Is that a, is there a chance for that? I think there's a chance. I think there's probably an outside chance, but I don't think something like 800 plus is out of the question. I I think he's definitely being underrated um, across the board. If you can get a over on the Sean Chambers rushing prop somewhere, then you probably want to take the over. A thousand yards is a little, it's a little aggressive, but it could happen. He's a good, he's quick. That is the Mountain West preview. Check out all of the content around the Campus to Canton family. Uh, check out the Campus to Canton podcast channel. Hey, we might get Calvin Turner next week. Stay tuned. We'll see about that. But that's going to be our show for tonight. Apologies to Kirk Street. We ran out of time. We'll get him rescheduled soon. For Matt Bruning, Chris Moxley, I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. Side of the field. Intercepted by Eli Apple at the 25. And Apple will go to the ground at the 32, and that's it. Ohio State National Champions for the eighth time as they defeat Oregon 42 to 20. Here's Tua stepping back, loads up, looks long, throws, end zone, touchdown! Touchdown, Alabama! Devontae Smith, touchdown, Alabama! And the Crimson Tide has once again ascended to the top of the college football mountain. Their fifth national championship in nine years, their 17th overall. Watson takes a snap, rolls right, looks to the end zone. Hunter Renfro caught it! Touchdown! 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 With a second left, Watson hits Renfro, and Clemson grabs a 34-31 lead and is one second away from the second national championship in school history. Hill. 
just in front of his end zone, has a man out there, it is Ranger, and he's off to the races, nobody will catch him! made the adjustments in the second quarter. Dobbins again, more than 10 yards per carry. He'll add to that. Goodbye. Touchdown, Ohio State. From 52 yards.